Hello, I am Pastor Nicholas Wright of Covenant Love Christian Center. I invite you to join me now in the Word with Pastor Nick. As we start this morning, I want to um, I want to begin with a scripture from John seven. I know it's not up here, but I just want to share something with you about me and my place before the Lord as a preacher and teacher of his word. This is a very important scripture to me, and it should uh, become important to you because this is where my heart is when it comes to sharing God's word, part of it. In John chapter 7, beginning with verse 16, it says, Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true and no unrighteousness is in him. That means a lot to me. That means a lot to me because I don't want to ever ever, ever want to be putting forth something that I've come up with. I just want what God wants his people to have. And that's not just here at Covenant Love, but everywhere that I go. And folks, I share the word in a lot of different places where I go with a lot of different people. So the desire of my heart is for what God wants his people to know and understand, that it never be tainted by what I think or what I want and the glory that I want is the glory that goes to him and the glory that he has for me that comes from him. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to turn to another scripture that's not on our um, outline this morning, and that's in Colossians chapter 1. I believe that the deeper we go into the word of God and the more that we get to know him, we're going to find out how simple things really are. And as men and women, we have this uncanny, uncanny deal for wanting to complicate things. And uh, maybe you don't fall in that category. I might be just, you know, talking to somebody outside there. But, uh, you know, the Bible is so simple and God is not as hard as we made him out to be. There's a portion of this prayer in Colossians 1 from verse 9 that Paul prayed. And it, it falls right in line with what we are doing, or we're falling in line with that scripture. And he said, for this reason, we also, Colossians 1, beginning with verse 9, for this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and notice this, and increasing in the knowledge of God. That's prayer. That's a prayer. It's in the Bible. It's a Holy Spirit, God-given, anointed prayer. Now, folks, our prayer lives can be a whole lot simpler than they are, too. If we just take what God says and we learn to pray what God wants us to pray for other people, If he has things to add to that, that's wonderful. But there's a foundation for everything. And this prayer, these words represent 
a great foundation of what God wants for all people, all men and women everywhere. If we just stay with this simple stuff, guys, everything else will break out. Just do the, do the simple thing. Believe God. For each other. Pray for each other. Pray for the saints. That we be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom, spiritual understanding. That we have a life worth walking worthy of him. That we fully please him and that we be fruitful in every good work and that we do what? Increase in the knowledge of God. Increase in the knowledge of God. Would you look at somebody this morning and just say this to them, please? I want you, just as the Father wants you, to increase in the knowledge of God. In the knowledge of God is everything. Everything he is, everything we are, and everything that he desires for us. Let's put first things first. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, our word for this year is 2020 perfect vision. And right now we're talking about knowing the Lord and his ways. And I want to read with you from Jeremiah 9, verses 23 and 24. Jeremiah 9, 23 through 24. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this. So he's telling us what we can glory in. It doesn't matter what kind of wisdom you have, what kind of might you have, what kind of riches he has, you have. He said, don't glory in any of that. If you're going to glory and boast in anything, he says, let him glory in this. So he's going to tell you what we can glory in. That he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, says the Lord. Now, we're talking about knowing God. You know, this makes these. I'm telling you guys, this stuff becomes so simple. And God has defined for us everything that we need to know and understand in this book right here. He's given us definition. And he's telling us right here in this particular scripture that if you're going to glory, glory in this, that you what? Know and understand me. You can't know and understand God. Well, the scripture's telling a big fib right here. Because they say we can have we can glory in this that we know and understand him. That he's the Lord exercising what? Loving kindness or judgment, justice, and righteousness in the earth. Then he tells us, he said, I get happy about these things. I delight in these things. So if there are any people on the face of the earth that want to make God happy and want to delight him, it would seem to me like we want to delight in what he delights in. Yes. Doesn't that sound simple? 
So it would behoove us to find out, first of all, from this scripture, and there are others that we'll look at, but today this scripture tells us that he said, I am the Lord, and I exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. Those are three things we can start off with when it comes to getting to know and understand God. And remember, we, we, we broke those words down, understand and know, last week. And man, it's just like he said, I just I want you to be there where you've got instruction. You understand you. You fully understand and know who I am. How I think. How I do things. <laughs> Isn't that different than a lot of us were taught over the course of our lives? Because it's great big mystery. You can't never know him. You can't know his thoughts. And people start with that scripture in the Old Testament. And don't run it up into the new covenant. It tells us. We have the spirit of God. He reveals to us what we need to know. All right. Let's let's take a peek at John 17 verses one through three. We'll read them. We'll probably come back there. John 17. Verses one through three. Jesus here gives us the definition from the Godhead. Or an important one of eternal life. From verse one says, Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son also may glorify you as you have given him authority over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is. OK, this is he's going to tell you what it is. This is eternal life that they might know you. <laughs> the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So with all the different philosophies that we've come up in the church, within the church and all the different things we've touted and made important, here Jesus says, bottom line, this is what I'm going to tell you what eternal life is. But you might know the only true God. You might know me. Wow. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. All right. Now, we made this statement. Clear vision begins with knowing the Lord, his nature, how he thinks and how he does things. We can't run if we, first of all, don't have some understanding of who he is, what's going on inside of him. And this is what happens with, with people a lot. We come up with things. We come up with visions. We come up with all these kind of things that we say God said do. And we match them sometimes against who God is. They don't fit. <laughs> you know, for instance, you, you get somebody that stands up and say, well, I got a ministry of correcting the body of Christ. And pointing the finger of God and correcting everything. All right, now, now hold up for a minute here. Now, if I take that, uh, now, and, and, and we don't need to stand in judgment over anybody, but we, we need to be able to discern and judge things that we hear on our own insides and compare them to what we see in the scriptures. God doesn't call anybody to point the finger at everybody and find everybody's faults. And then bash everybody for being at fault. 
Not when he says what's in my heart is loving kindness, first of all. Because he would God would say, now, if you're wrong, I'm going to come to beat you over the head. But I came to show you some love so you can get it right and be like me. But I didn't come and I didn't send people to beat all up on you. Hallelujah. He didn't send his preachers to beat up on everybody. That's not what we're sent. We're sent to give a picture of God, the right picture. And then all of us are sent to give that right picture to the rest of the world. And the world, regardless of what they're doing, where they have been, and all the stuff that they are in, they need to know that on God's agenda, first and foremost, is loving kindness. Now, as hard as that may be, seeing for some of our minds to grasp, well, it it's hard because we don't understand that this is where God's coming from. See, there have to be adjustments in our thinking. Our thinking has to line up with him. His thinking is not going to line up with ours if it's off base. He sets the standard. And so we have to roll with him. Now, I want to stick something in here that is important. Because the Bible teaches us, as we're seeing, that God wants to be known by his people. But here's something, it is equally as important to be known by God as it is to know him. I want to look at a few scriptures that bring that to light to us. Because, see, this, this whole thing we're talking about with salvation and being in God, and in Christ and all, it's not about just a bunch of principles. It's really about something that some of us will remember going way back early in our Christianity. It's about a personal relationship. And a lot of folks have forgotten that. Forgotten that. That it's about that intimate intimacy that you have with the Lord. I didn't say you were perfect. I didn't say you never missed the mark. I said, but it's about that intimacy that you have with the Lord. So that if you do miss it, you know it. And what you want to do is you want to be right with him. You want to you want your thinking to be on the same page with his. You want your heart to be on the same page with him. And that's what we all are working at, didn't it? I hope so. All right. All of us. But see, he tells us in the scriptures that it is equally as important for us to be known by him as it is for us to know him. This meshes hand in hand. So let's look at some scriptures here. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. This is a great year for the knowledge of God. Matthew 7 from verse 21. This will startle some people. Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name. Now, you know what? That's interesting because those are the things that many believers want to do. More of us need to want to, but, you know, many believers want to. But look at what Jesus said here. He said, and then I will declare to them, I never saw your prophecy. I never heard your prophecy. I never saw any miracles that you did. You know what he said? He said, I'll declare to you, I never knew you. 
And then he said, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. He said, I never knew you. Listen, all that hoopla, all that good stuff, he said, the most important thing for me is that I know you. <laughs> there are people that can do this stuff and they ain't known by God. They did it in the name. See, God will honor his name. He will honor his name. But he might not honor that person. Because <laughs> he's, he's straight up said here. Well, you are. Right, you prophesied in my name. You cast out devils in my name. You did mighty wonderful things in my name, but I ain't never knew you. Somebody said, how could that be? I don't know all the answers. <laughs> Except that if somebody uses the name, God will honor his name in behalf of somebody else that's on the receiving side of that name. He is not going to beat you out of what belongs to you because the messenger is not right. Hallelujah. So let's check out Genesis 18, too. Folks, in these things, I give you, you know, two or three, sometimes a handful of scriptures. But I want you to know, if you follow up on me and you take this, you'll find that all throughout the scriptures, all the things that we look at, there are a bunch of scriptures that, that tell us these different things. I mean, they just bear witness to them. In Genesis chapter 18, and we remember... If not, you know, the situation around that when God came and, you know, to see what was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. And he said, we're just going to come down ourselves and take a look and see what's going on. All right. You know, the fragrance of this has already come up. Well, we're going to come down and walk on the land and we're going to see what's going on here. All right. And then he he came and these guys they had a conversation with Abraham. And God started talking about him because he, he, you know, he, he came down. He said, I'm going to see what needs to be done. And he feel, figured out what needed to be done. But he said, now, I want to talk about Abraham a little bit. And so in chapter 18 from verse 16. Then the men rose from there and looked towards Sodom and Abraham went with them to send them on the way. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm doing? Now, just hold up a minute here. This just to me is so good. Because when you get somebody, God gets somebody that wants to walk with him like he wants them to. He wants to let you in on his secrets. The secrets to people that won't walk with him and don't want to have his mind. But if we get in the swim, as one translation says, we get in the swim with God then he'll let us know what he's doing. And, you know, he wants his people to know what he's doing in the earth. He wants his people to know what he's doing in the land as well as in their own lives. But he said, well, I hide from Abraham the thing that I'm doing. Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Now, look at this. For I have known him. In order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice. Now, just as a reminder, those are a couple of things that we saw in Jeremiah 9 that God says I delight in. Uh oh. And so he said he'll, he'll command his children and his ha- household after him to keep the way of the Lord. To do righteousness and justice that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. So, but notice he said, I've known him. 
See, it's one thing for us to know the Lord, but to be known by God. Boy, oh boy. You walking on streets of gold. <laughs> Come on now. You, you remember in that situation with those sons of Sceva when they came to cast out them devils, right? And that spirit, evil spirit rose up and whipped them up and said, Jesus, we know. And Paul, we know. But who are you? <laughs> we don't even know you. <laughs> Not by the Jesus that you're trying to talk about representing. So this knowledge of who we are in the spirit realm is so important. To be known by God and to be known by the forces of evil as well. So we don't want to be in that limbo land where we ain't known by nobody. <laughs> Another scripture, Galatians 4, verses 6 through 9. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. But then indeed, when you did not know God, you serve those which by nature are not gods. But now, after you have known God, or rather are known by God, uh, or rather, known by God. So he didn't say, you just know God, but he said, known by God. Whoa, boy. <laughs> that 1 Corinthians 8.3. First Corinthians eight three. But if anyone loves God, this one is known by him. Can anybody recall what God tells us? He says, represents how we love him. He said, if we love him, we'll do what he says. And do what he said. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So when we keep his word, he's telling us we know him. Why is that? Because we're doing what he would do. And that's the bottom line. It's really so simple. We're doing what he would do. If I won't do what he would do, oh, here's the problem. <laughs> and we know first thing on his agenda is he's going to be wanting to spread love. First thing on his agenda is he's going to want to be spread love, spreading love. Hallelujah. OK, so now let's let's go back to Jeremiah nine. This came up on the inside of me. I just figured I'd share it. With you. <laughs> I think it's pretty good. The Lord knows what we need. Jeremiah nine twenty three. All right. So loving kindness, judgment and righteousness. Loving kindness. This is really, really interesting. God, this is so good. <laughs> this is why I like to mess around with these words. But anyway, the Hebrew word for loving 
kindness, we would pronounce it chesed. And if you look in your Strong's Concordance, it's 26.17, but it's from another word, 26.16. And basically what it's telling us is when we see this word, loving kindness, it means mercy, goodness, steadfast love, grace, and goodness. So we see loving kindness in the Old Testament. If we see that word used in the scriptures and we trace it back to this particular Hebrew word, what it's saying to us is God is merciful. God is good. He has a steadfast love. Right. It's not going to change on you. He's full of grace and goodness. What I found out about that word years ago that was so interesting because it came from another word. And that word it came from, it's just a little bit different in spelling. Instead of E's and there's their A's, but it's the root word for it. And it, it comes from a word that means to bow the neck only in courtesy to an equal. Now, that becomes very important to us later on. Because when we see what God means when he talks about being a God of loving kindness and mercy and what he does in reaching out to others with that, it makes all the sense in the world. Because when we find out the end result of God's love and mercy, boy, it's just totally and completely a mind blower to the unrenewed mind. So let's look at a few scriptures. When the Lord shows loving kindness and mercy, he's actually coming down to our level in order to bring us up to his. It's what loving kindness and mercy is all about. <laughs> it makes me want to weep, man. Psalm 17. So we get to really know where he's coming from. He's not a beat down God. He's not trying to beat anybody down. If anything, he's trying to bring people up to where they can look him eye to eye. And receive what he has and walk in what he has for themselves. So Psalm 17 verses four through nine. Remember, when the Lord shows loving kindness and mercy, He's actually coming down to our level in order to bring us up to his. See if you can see that in these scriptures. From verse four, concerning the works of men, by the word of your lips, I have kept away from the paths of the destroyer. Uphold my steps in your paths that my footsteps may not slip. I've called upon you for you will hear me, O God. Incline your ear to me and hear my speech. Show your marvelous loving kindness by your right hand. O you who save those who trust in you. For those who rise up from those who rise up against them. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wings. From the wicked who oppress me. From my deadly enemies who surround me. So what the, the man is saying here, you show me your loving kindness. What you're going to do is you're going to put me in that personal space of yours where those who would come against me can't get to me. So in other words, 
I'm going to have the peace and the safety and the security that you have because of your loving kindness. And those who are against me can't get to me. In other words, I'm going to experience what you have. So if I trust in you, then what you're going to do is you're going to lift me up, so to speak, into that place where you are. And the enemy can't get to me. That's what his loving kindness is all about. So if I receive and say, you're all right, I'm embracing your loving kindness. Thank you for it, Lord. And what he's saying, I was like, yeah, hey, you in this place that I'm in. Can't touch it. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Can't touch this. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Psalm 36. And trust me, <laughs> this is just three scriptures. <laughs> Psalm 36, verses 7 through 10. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. Oh, fullness of your house. That must mean if I'm fully satisfied. I'm abundantly satisfied with the fullness of his house. Then that must be where I'm living in his house. Okay. And you give them drink from the river of your pleasures. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. Oh, continue your loving kindness to those who know you and your righteousness to the upright in heart. Wow. Okay. Mark 10. Verses 46 through 52. When the Lord shows loving kindness and mercy, he is actually coming down to our level in order to bring us up to his. Mark 10 from verse 46. Now they came to Jericho Now they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy. Mercy on me. Now, let's just stop for a minute. Let's 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 expand our thinking some, because when we read Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, we read the scriptures. We just get a piece of what happened in certain situations. We just get a piece. We're getting a broad overview. But we know that Jesus as a preacher and a teacher was taking the word of the covenant and breaking it down. So some of what we're looking at in the Old Testament, he had to be telling these people, listen, God is merciful and kind. His loving kindness is here. His steadfast love is here. Remember, we, we sing that song. You know, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. We get it from Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. It's of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. That's what we get. We get it from there. So Jesus wasn't just, you know, all of a sudden stopped and said something. 
He's always teaching. Remember, in, in earlier on in, in Matthew 4, it says that, you know, after his baptism and temptation, that when he went out, he went out teaching, preaching, and healing. But he went teaching the word of God. So this guy, he's a blind man, but obviously he could hear. And when Jesus was walking through all these roads, teaching and preaching, going into the synagogues and talking about all these things, I can guarantee you he was talking about the loving kindness of his father. And so this guy didn't even say, Lord, heal me. He said, Lord, he said, have mercy on me. I guarantee you Jesus broke down what mercy was all about. I'm doing a little bit here, but I'm going to tell you what, I know he did a great job in breaking down what the mercy and the loving kindness of the Father was. And I can guarantee he probably came through some of those Psalms that we read. And there's a whole bunch more in the Psalms, too. But this guy caught a hold of something that was being said. (laughs) So he said, Jesus, have mercy on me. I'm sitting down here blind. Bring me up to your level where I can see like you see. So we go on here, says they tried to get him to shut up. Talking about warned him to be quiet. You won't be quiet. We're going to spank you. (laughs) He said, I don't care. He said it again. <laughs> so Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Oh, then they called the blind man saying to him, oh, be a good cheer. Rise. He's calling you. They're trying to get him. All of a sudden, they done changed tune because Jesus said, bring him here. <laughs> See how ugly people can be. We can really be ugly. When you blind, shut up, sit over there in the corner like you're supposed to. Imagine somebody else had compassion on him. He might have been able to see before Jesus ever got to him. And there were people qualified to do that. But no, you're an outcast. You're not like the rest of us. We don't want to hear from you. Sit over there, stay over there begging. And maybe we'll put a few pennies in your hand every now and then. Shut your mouth. This is the master coming through the land. Shut your mouth. Come on now. (laughs) And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Do we ever give God the chance to ask, what do you want me to do? (laughs) I'm telling you guys, the, the borders of our minds and our thinking really have to expand where God is concerned. Because we throw everything on him and want him to make all the decisions. But he said, if you cry out to me for mercy, I'm going to ask you, what you want me to do for you? And, uh, 
kid, God asked, what do you want me to do for you? <laughs> the creator, what do you want me to do for you? What would you do today? If Jesus in his toned down glory came and stood up in front of you and said, what do you want me to do for you? Just like I'm talking, what do you want me to do for you? You call my name. You ask for mercy. What do you want me to do? The blind man said to him, Oh, Rabboni, whatever you want from me is good. <laughs> if you want to leave me with some kind of blessing, whatever you want to put on me is all right. That's not what he said. The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. The purpose of these few scriptures is just to let the Bible show us. That when God extends mercy towards people, what he's wanting to do and his objective is to come down to wherever they are. And bring them up to where he is. This is the bottom line. Now, let's finish with these couple of scriptures here. The ultimate of his loving kindness and mercy is what I just said. Let's look at Psalm 91, verse 1, and then we'll go to Ephesians chapter 2. Boy, oh boy. We're learning that we have it made, y'all. Psalm 91, 1 says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Hallelujah. He that dwelleth, <laughs> he that dwelleth, <laughs> he that dwelleth. In the secret place of the Most High <laughs> shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Okay, let's swing that over into New Testament. <laughs> Ephesians 2. My brothers and sisters, all we got to do is let this book define itself. <laughs> one. <laughs> Ephesians 2 for verse 1. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience 
among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. But God, who is rich in, not poor in, not deficient in, not negligent in, not holding back in, but who's rich in what? Mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and did what? Raised us up together and made us sit together with him in heavenly places. He did what by his mercy? Raised us up together and made us sit together. He comes down to our level to bring us up to his. You want to know what mercy and loving kindness is all about? There it is right there. There it is right there. So when we see in Jeremiah 9, let him the glory's glory in this, that he knows and understands me. And I, the Lord, exercise loving kindness, judgment, and what? Righteousness in the earth. So picture this. Here's God moving all throughout the earth looking to release love and kindness. He said, this was, you, you see, he's on his exercise bike. <laughs> Roaming through the earth, wanting to exercise loving kindness. <laughs> or on his treadmill, he said, hi, here I am. Loving kindness is what I'm wanting to release. Not beating you upside the head. Trying to show you something. And just like Paul told us in Romans 2, he said, it's the goodness of God that leads men to change. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your words of life today. May we embrace them. May we learn more about who you are, understand you better, and know what you have in store. Every man, every woman, every boy, every girl on the face of this earth. And help us, O oh Lord, to understand that and to flow with you and open ourselves up to where your wisdom will flow through and out of us so we'll know how to do it when it comes to how we deal with people. We thank you today. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We want to thank you for listening to today's message. For additional messages and as a way for Pastor Nick to bless you with vital information, downloads, and gifts, please visit our website at myclcc.com. We invite you to join us again next week for The Word with Pastor Nick.